I always say my direction is behind the music, true Hollywood story, James Lipton show, like those types of things, if I could get that heavy fan base. So it always shocks me, and I understand money in the network are behind things, but when you're that up there like Andy is, it almost seems like you'd want to take a little bit more like, let's create wonderful talk show moments, not gotcha moments. It's just... Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon where I'm giving you all seven days of a free trial. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And if you join the ITBR professor level, which you'll see gets you access to all of our rewatch podcast series like Queer as Folk and Smash, and all of our Teaches series, including when we rewatched Scream with you all, when we discussed The Exorcist, we're about to do a Britney Spears memoir episode. So, oh, and The Fall of the House of Usher is coming up. You also get access to both book clubs. And while you're at it, while you're joining our Patreon, where you're getting your seven days for free, I would really love if you Make sure you like and follow us on Apple or Spotify, and please leave a review. It really does help us in terms of advertisers and sponsors. Thank you all for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Network, and it is just wonderful to be part of this arts and culture organization and have you all out there reach out to me. So again, remember, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And we have a Facebook and we're on X as well. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. So when I'm not here in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room as the host and director of our arts and culture podcast, I am consulting because the Ivory Tower Boiler Room is not just a podcast, it's a small business. And I am officially an entrepreneur. So I've had many consulting clients and I wanna let you all know my services. So I've worked on college admission essay editing. I've worked on a graduate student's thesis. I'm currently helping advise a PhD student's dissertation. I'm working with a small business on revamping and rebranding their social media strategy and just working on new media ideas to expand their audience. So if any of that seems like a fit for you, reach out to me via email 
It's ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. I'm currently revamping our website. So soon I will have a consulting section on the website. So don't worry. I'll have a new ad to talk about the new exciting website updates, which will include testimonials. It'll include the different services. But for $30, you get a one-hour private Zoom with me to talk through how I can help consult you. And then we'll figure it out from there. So ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com, easiest way to reach me. Also, remember, we have two book clubs meeting on November 19th. So I'm hosting the Parachute Women Book Club. Parachute Women is about the women behind the Rolling Stones' success by Elizabeth Winder. And Mary is hosting the True Crime and Academia Book Club, which is all about haunted asylums, prisons, and sanatoriums inside abandoned institutions for the crazy criminal and quarantined. So to join the book clubs, head to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room, and make sure you choose the specific book club you want to join. I'll see that you've joined, and then I'll make sure that I reach out to you so you get the Zoom link and you'll be there on November 19th. And I can let all of you know, in December, our book club choice is Britney Spears' The Woman in Me. So spread the word, everyone. Okay. Um, also, you can join the ITBR professor level and get access to both book clubs and all of our ad-free videos and audio episodes. Okay. I think I've said everything I have to say. And now, here is our exciting episode. <laughs> Before this episode officially begins, I want to let you all know this was such a rare moment in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room where we weren't officially recording, even though the record button was on. And I got into this over 30-minute conversation with Ronnie Jr. from Randomly Ronnie Jr. And I said, Ronnie, we I, I need to release this to the public. So... Thank you, Ronnie, for agreeing to allow our hot takes on the Real Housewives franchise, our opinions about the Vanity Fair article. If you haven't seen Bethany Frankel, Ebony K. Williams, Leah McSweeney, um, Jill Zarin's mentioned, Brandy Glanville's mentioned, all were part of this Vanity Fair expose to discuss the toxicity in the Real Housewives universe. And... Andy Cohen's involvement. So I get his opinion on that. We talk about BravoCon, which just happened in Las Vegas. Uh, so if you are a Bravo or a Real Housewives addict, this is an episode for you. And if you're not, hopefully I convince you to start watching The Real Housewives. I convinced my parents to watch the new Real Housewives of New York season, so anything is possible. Okay, so when we jump into this episode, I've been talking with Ronnie for a little, so you're just going to hear us talk about his channel and him being on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. So you can find Randomly Ronnie Jr. on his YouTube channel. He has a Patreon, so you could just go to Randomly Ronnie Jr. on Patreon. And here is our conversation. And all of this was before we even discussed Queer as Folk. So you will see him soon on the Queer as Folk Rewatch show. But for now, here's my epic Real Housewives episode with Randomly Ronnie Jr. 
Oh, and you have a YouTube channel. Okay. YouTube channel, and then I've worked in radio since 2002. So very long time, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. well, I have to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Oh, great. It's it's very much still in the pop culture, like Housewives uh, space, but I, there's going to be a lot, a couple changes down the road, or additions, I should say. Oh, good. Okay. Because in oh, this business, see... we got to do a trillion things. <laughs> yeah, and I see, okay, you were on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. Ironically, I, twice I this like, summer. <laughs> well, see, I, I kind of know the behind the scenes of how that happens. Oh, like, watch, I think that it. people think they're asking random questions, but I know that they have to filter the questions you ask. Isn't that oh, true? Oh, like, yes. for instance, the Reba one was a question about the voice, but it was really a question about kelly clarkson because kelly clarkson I, I didn't even realize i mean i remember but i forgot like when i had to say it kelly clarkson is the ex stepdaughter of reba they encourage you to do these questions that are um you know could be viral if the person says something wild yeah they so. want salacious material yeah i mean i guess it's fun we watch the show but i i always say that i like andy's um after show a little bit better because there's a little more breathing room rather than yeah. like 90 well, questions in in 40 seconds it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah well this is my pet peeve with andy which is <laughs> off the record but yeah. um is i feel like when he's on serious he's a nuanced person like he's an intellectual yeah. individual but when he does this shtick on watch what happens live it makes him look like a crazed substance abuse user but uh no, that's you actually know. very interesting. I've been up and down. Like when he first came on the scene, he was such a, a light just because of, you know, he was open. He It was a fun show. Then he got to a moment where he kind of, I, I never liked this, not to go off topic here. I never liked how he overly was dismissive. Like, of let's say an Orange County housewife, this is her life. And he'd be very like, oh, well, we let people come and go. And he would say it so dismissively. And I'm like, meanwhile... You don't let Kathy Griffith on the, on the network. You don't let another host on the network. Like you make it. Oh, he's never gonna let Kathy Griffin on because she exposed. Yeah. It seems what like he only, asks Yeah, it seems like the only host do. he's ever let on the show outside of somebody being like, you know, up there, up there, um, somebody like coming up, let's say, is like a ten, Danny Pellegrino is like the only person I've ever seen him really like, you know, usher in. Usually it'll be like, you know, Tom Brokaw will be there. That's Wow, that's mm -hmm. from yesteryear. You know what I'm saying. Mark Consuelos, like people who already are established, he never really lets anybody who could be considered on the come up or could do what he could do. So that was always funny how dismissive yet how structured he was. But um, it's back and forth because sometimes you like him and sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's trying to... Um, be as messy as possible to cause drama and ratings. And that's why, like, I am going to talk about the Vanity Fair piece eventually on the podcast. But yeah. I, I think we're going to see a lot of, like, you already saw Ebony um, had a lot of, she was on my podcast, but oh, Ebony oh, nice. has already caused repercussions for Ramona. So right. when people are like, what I don't like is when the Bravo, that's why I don't listen to so many Bravo mm. podcasts because yeah. they're always speaking for the network and they're like, there was nothing to the Vanity Fair piece. And I'm like, that's actually not true. Yeah. 
And you're not even talking about Ebony's racists. Like, what right. happened to her? And yeah. I don't know. They see Bethany. Um, they keep trying to use Bethany as a boogie person. And it's way beyond just Bethany as an individual. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think they're really scared that it's going to hurt their bread and butter. So I get it. I mean, basically, right, if you have Bravo guests on, that's why I never have current Bravo guests on, because yeah. you have to work through PR and they have to mm. monitor what questions you ask. Yeah. So like when I interviewed Ebony, she was no longer on. Mm. So she opened up about her feelings with Luann, Ramona, like what actually happened behind the scenes when the cameras went down. But, you know, yeah. like if I interview Lisa Barlow, who I love to interview, yeah. he couldn't really give me the interview I would want. Yeah. It would be what gossip is happening on the show. And yeah, like a fantastic you know. interview, in my opinion, would be like an Anna from Miami mm. shoots straight from the hip is yeah. probably down to come back if the contract was great. But she was always such a winner that like it would have to be a good contract. That's the problem. A lot of the cast members and this is no knock. I mean, I've certainly had my ups and downs in careers. And when yeah. you don't have a lot going on, you have to take on a contract and a situation that's less oh, yeah. favorable. But like those, the Ebony, Anna, like there's a lot of women that are just like, I am not going to do all of the things, but it's a good show. I think this. I am here with the co-owner of one of my favorite stores here in Port Jefferson Village, New York. It is called The Soapbox. So Janine said, Andrew, I have these four products you need to get your hands on. It's called Four for Fall. So she's going to go over these four products. I know first you have a soap for me. What is the soap? I, do. I have a soap for you. It is called Apple Cider Shea Butter Soap. It's by a company called Greenwich Bay. And this is a great soap because you can use it for your hands or your body. And it has a delicious apple cider scent. And I think you're actually already familiar with it. Yes, it is Try in it. my shower. I still have it. It lasts a very long time. Yeah, great lather. The lather is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's just so luxurious. And I love the scent into November. Yes. You know, this apple cider just it evokes so many cozy feelings. Oh. After the soap, we have something that you can add on to yes. in the shower. So what is this? This is a wonderful, wonderful um, exfoliating shower scrub. It is by a company called Primal Almonds, and it's a sugar whip shower scrub. And the scent is pumpkin spice. It's a moisturizing sugar scrub. So it's tiny little sugar granules. And it's something that you would use after you shower twice a week because you don't want to strip your skin of your natural um, oils and your your moisture but it's wonderful it just really exfoliates all that dead skin and leaves your skin very smooth and soft from all the um the sugar so after i use the exfoliant right now we need to moisturize so yeah. i know you have a really nice fall body lotion for us absolutely um this is just such a delicious scent this is one of my favorites for fall it is the scent is orchard breeze and it's by a company called Michelle Design Works. Um, this is another product that you can use hand or body, hand and body. Um, it's great. You can place it um, on your vanity, just a couple of pumps for your hands or use it on your entire body, but it's shea butter based. So it's extremely moisturizing. Um, it's, it's just wonderful. And the scent is just lovely. We need something more deep for our face. Everyone yeah. wants face masks. And I know that you absolutely love this company and this product. This is one of my favorite masks by one of my favorite companies that we carry and we support. 
The company is called Farmhouse Fresh and they're right out of Texas. The mask is called Splendid Dirt and it's a nutrient rich mud mask. Um, it consists of pumpkin puree and the benefits of this mask, uh, it's a pore minimizer, a radiance booster and a skin degunker. So it's an all around great mask. If you really want a boost of radiance, it brightens your skin and it really cleanses your pores. If they live on Long Island or near Long Island, you know, what is your address uh, for them to come into the store? We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson, New York, right in the village. Um, and if you can't make it, we have to come in because we just have so much fun stuff in here. So many wonderful products. Um, but if you can't make it in, please give us a call. We're more than happy to um, ship any of these wonderful, all any of these wonderful products to you. Um, uh, call us at 631-509-1424. You could always um, reach us on Instagram at the Soapbox NY, or you could always um, check us out on our website, Soapbox NY. Um, and yeah, there's so many ways to access your so products. Ways to reach us. And Janine is more than happy. And Mariana, the other co-owner. My mom, actually. Yes. yes my mother. Are so willing to take your orders yes. via phone, via Instagram. And I can't wait for everyone else to enjoy these luxurious products. Imagine that you're riding the Turner Classic Movie Great Movie Ride in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I was hooked on classic cinema. Well, my friend Christian Garcia, friend of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, has a podcast that you all are going to love. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he looks at queer themes in classic cinema, like Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, Hello Dolly. The list can go on and on and on. So follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. You can listen to his podcast on Apple and Spotify. And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queer as Folk podcast, where I'm re-watching every episode of Queer as Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi-weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry, and I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. So you can see all of this on glreview.org. 
That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. I, I, I forget, you're a doctor in what, what, what uh, experience? Um, English. Um, well, so anyways, I don't know the thought process behind. You would think if Andy is so structured and it shows such a win, he would take more freedoms to try things. He's doing the quick clickbait type stuff, which is so valuable and necessary. But I just, I don't know. I just, I always say it like this, the stuff that I do. And if I ever have to compromise, which I very rarely do, which is why my channel sucks. Uh, but we almost, we almost have a thousand pieces of content. But the point is, I always say my direction is behind the music, true Hollywood story, James Lipton show, like those types of things if I could get that heavy fan base. So it always shocks me and I understand money in the network are behind things. But when you're that up there, like Andy is, it almost seems like you'd want to take a little bit more like, let's create wonderful talk show moments, not gotcha moments. It's just, that would be my only thing. Like, doesn't he want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that um, he has his hand in too many projects in my opinion and you can even tell he's disinterested um mm. when it comes to watch what happens live it's almost like an obligation i feel right. where you know if he really just wants to be on serious mm. or you know have his own voice maybe allowing someone else to take that spot like someone who is up and coming or someone who's in the even i think if they had rotating hosts of watch what mm. happens live yeah like i would even love if the housewives hosted watch what happens live like i don't get why they've never had like dorinda host watch what happens live <laughs> or like yeah you know those who actually have radio shows jeff lewis could host watch what happens yeah live. i think i think andy arani is extremely <clears throat> territorial and extremely um uh nervous to share the space yeah yeah well i'm agreeing with exactly what you said what did you just say <laughs> what you just said was um he's got uh, oh it almost feels like serious and then love connection and then aspirations with um anderson cooper nothing is wrong with any of that but you never this probably would have been my only critique that i've ever had of him when i had that little critique which was that it seemed like he was very like i said dismissive of like oh uh, alexis is no longer an oc but you know like they come and go like it is what a, what, what it is and it's like it is what it is to their careers their lives their livelihood their embarrassment on tv and him meanwhile he's he's you know making sure that no one even entertains the, the proximity of space and that was the one moment and i, I noticed it, it hasn't happened in a while um 
but it happened when he was like starting to really be like not needing of the housewives as much and then his celebrity guests were like real legit celebrity guests and he'd be very like i don't know you could just read it you're like oh god alexia she's so dumb i mean and she's not the smartest but it's okay <laughs> well know? it's funny because housewives always get accused of social climbing but i think andy's the biggest oh social my climber. Gosh. Oh like my gosh. his oh friendship my with sarah jessica parker or mm-hmm. kelly Ripa and Oh, I love Kelly Ripa, by the way. Kelly Ripa yeah. and Mark Consuelos. I'm oh, ready for the amazing. three-way tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Like I would um, love if Kelly Ripa did more appearances. Mm-hmm. Not appearances, but I also think the real housewives are so underused. And even though we're not officially recording, I might put this out as a special <laughs> discussion about the real housewives, if you're okay with it, Ronnie. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to take a look. <laughs> but um maybe some little I, edits and tweaks. <laughs> yeah. I think though what's fascinating is how um they're so underused. Like that they have so much entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised Bravo never like pitches them for more appearances outside of meeting grades. Like I don't why they're not doing more radio spots or you know like yeah. Dorinda has a radio show but like why isn't there collaborations between them or you know why aren't they doing more um like recaps of the episodes like that's what I like about um liked about two teas in a pod but I don't get like why they can't <laughs> recap their own episode like doesn't that mm. actually add to the gossip well, doesn't you Candy know. do it? Yeah, she gets to do it, but it must be in her contract because um, they don't let Tamara or Heather do it. So maybe it's show specific. I don't know. It's probably because some people now here's on the flip side why you have to protect certain things, because a lot of people don't know how to act. You know what I mean? Like I look at someone like you, you have the broadcast integrity with what you're trying to do. You shifted away from like career, career, career to this space. And you have like an integrity behind that. A lot of maybe the housewives might miss the boat on that and they'll want to do whatever it takes. And, you know, people get very desperate. So that might be it. Like Candy has been in this for so long, you know, even if she was going to take down the ship, she would not do it in a way that made her look like, like a sloppy character on television or as a human being or in her business. Other people might do that. And I think that's where it gets a little fishy. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you about this because have you read the Vanity Fair piece? Um, 96% of it, and not because I okay. gave up on it, but because I just ran out of time. Yeah. But you saw that Brandy Glanville is also part of, like, being interviewed. Yeah. yeah yes, because, I did. She's an interesting... I find, yeah, I find her to be an interesting casualty of this, um, of being abandoned by Bravo. That's kind of what I'll say, is, like, Bravo abandoning their talent. Like, abandoning Bethany, abandoning... Well, or even not seeing their value. I'll say it like that. But mm. Bethany, Ebony, um, which Ebony now has a TV judge show. She's she's fine. Yeah. Bethany's with Byron, fine. With, with Byron yeah. Allen, yeah. So it's cr- even even credibility-wise, like Byron Allen, like that is somebody you do want to work with. So kudos to her. But Ebony sourced that on her own. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like. Yeah, well, she already my, had her network, too. Like, that's sure, the my, thing. 
my thought my thoughts with her were like she did show up and she performed and i thought she did great on that season the season and the year that it was you know coming off a worldwide pandemic with a difficult season i'll just say it like this her tagline never was more authentic in the long run that's number one number two which housewife has not even gotten an opportunity during the run of show to have a reunion so any way you break it down like because i know a lot of people aren't always on the ebony you know they don't see her vision but like i just can't be i I just can't be okay with the fact that she never got a reunion a special uh a four episode i mean they gave jacks a wedding special no diss to jacks but like if shows are just giving out so much like she got no shot to like you, I mean, she was on Watch What Happens Live to promote her CBS reality show, and I like all those things, but yeah. Yeah, and she got to promote Bet on, uh, Bet on Black, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, when I found out, oh, not only so Ebony tried to pitch a Bravo series. I'm assuming it's centered around judges, which actually would be really cool TV. Um, yeah. Bethany tried to pitch at Connecticut career women or entrepreneurial type show, and that didn't. Like they wanted it to just be in the same format. And um, that's why I still think um, I really think that Brandy, uh, Jill Zarin, Bethany, um, I think they're part of they might do something or Raquel. Mm -hmm. I think Ebony saying like Bethany's not going to speak for her. I don't (laughs) think there's really a relationship between them, but Mm -hmm. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm so excited to shout out the Gay and Lesbian Review, who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there, the Gay and Lesbian Review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture. And the GL Review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September-October issue centers on the theme, Cracking the Closet. So, starting the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and at times scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast, and he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right-hand side, and you'll see the button subscribe. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine. 
I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL Review on Instagram and ITBR and we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I am so excited to be talking about Broadview Press. You might be asking, what is Broadview Press, Andrew? Broadview is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high-quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish in the humanities mainly English studies, writing, philosophy, and history, just to name a few genres. And recently, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who wrote all about the philosophy of sport. And what better summer episode than to talk about what happens when a philosopher dissects the beautiful aesthetics of sporting culture? In the spring, I had on doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez to talk about what is sound writing, how to make audio projects in the college classroom, how to even have your students create podcasts. And then in the winter, I had on Dr. Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock. He talked about analyzing pop culture. Yes, I even sneak in some Real Housewives questions. And how to teach composition and make it fun. He uses this whole metaphor about being a mad scientist in this gothic lab. And in the fall, I had on Dr. Ann Stevens, and she talked about literary theory and criticism. And yes, the university season is upon us. So what better way to talk about the college classroom than to actually understand what is literary theory? That's a wonderful episode for all of you out there who teach literary studies. I love Broadview Press. Make sure you use their exclusive code. It's Ivory Tower on broadviewpress.com. You get 20% off all, all Broadview Press publications. Okay, until the next Broadview Press interview. And now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Hi, everyone. Happy almost holiday season. Because the holidays are upon us, I'm sure so many of you out there are thinking, oh my, what am I going to get my friends, my family, my children, my romantic partner, my husband, my wife, any you know, significant person in your life? Look no further than my good friend, Mandy Bengal, who makes handmade crocheted items. Her company is called Mandy Made It. You can follow her on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E -E, Made It. And you will see all of these crocheted items that she's going to be able to customize for you, including special characters, sports team figures, even holiday items like a snowflake or a Christmas tree. So I have Mandy's keychains. I have the poison apple from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I have a rainbow um, flag that she made me. So Mandy is able to really customize an order just depending on what your hobbies and passions are and, you know, what item you're really looking for. So because you're listening to me talk about Mandy. She said that anyone who goes to Mandy Made It on Instagram and orders from her, and they've heard the Ivory Tower Boiler Room ad, she will give you all a free Ivory Tower Boiler Room t-shirt with your order. So head right now to Mandy Made It. You know, if you were really looking for that special gift, now you don't have to look any further because I have you covered with Mandy Made It.
Okay, I hope you all enjoy your items from Mandy Mated. And please make sure that you take a photo of your crocheted items so that we can share it out on our social media. I know Mandy would love that, and I would love to see what you all are ordering from her. She even has an adorable pillow called Netflix and Chill, and she has these cute coasters that she crochets for your favorite coffee or tea mug. So enjoy all your Mandy Made It products. I also think what was good in Vanity Fair is every woman got heard and mm. their story was told even though they might not they didn't agree with each other all the time and that's important yeah. um but brandy i think it's just you know sad because she's always told to like she brings the messiness but then yeah. when she brought this messiness with caroline manzo they're like oh no no now you went against hr and now they're not really protecting brandy and then she's kind of just been discarded and then everyone's like what's going to happen to this ultimate girls trip and mm. i'm not sure i mean i'm definitely it's going to come out i mean they're not going to waste the money to film i mean, I mean they might though right i mean other, well bravo's tricky i knew bravo was an interesting place when okay so i'll go back even in the early not early but like the earlier vh1 days you know they had the tragedy that went on with one of the rock of love contestants megan she had a dating show so they they experienced a tragedy and they scrapped the series also one of the basketball wives was married for a brief moment to chad ochocinco and there was an you know a, an actual and all these issues are serious i'm not not making them they are very serious issues but they scrapped evelyn's entire series too and i also thought that was like a really smart thing for the network you know sometimes money isn't always everything i mean i guess it is but i you know when Bravo ran, and, and I can't speak to this franchise because it's like one of my least favorites, so I really maybe I'm out of pocket on this one, but I would have thought there would have been some changes made to Taylor and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills situation. And the fact that it just ran like business as usual, I says, oh. So it's very tricky to be in an environment that just kind of lets everything fly, and then all of a sudden things don't fly, and then you're kind of like left out to dry. Well, yeah. and the real housewives that get tossed aside are usually ones who. Um, oh, and I'm not equating. Brandy. I'm not. I'm not equating no. any of the things because I just like reheard that in my head. I'm like, I'm not equating anything. I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is in that in that regard. Yeah, but I would say that Brandy's situation is singular in my opinion because what I've seen with the housewives who. Um, are so open about their experience now, or even like friends of the show. I'm thinking of Dana Wilkie, who I've interviewed, um, mm. who has her gossip show, Dishing Drama. Dana, like I don't she, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm like really loving her work just yet. Well, I will say this, which is, she was co she was really pushed by producers to bring mm. up um taylor's abuse and she refused to show that on like to bring that up on camera mm. even though all the women knew about it behind the scenes yeah um and then dana basically failed the assignment because she wouldn't air all of that mm. drama out there but it's not only drama in my opinion this is where i think i agree with bethany that this is an ethical hr issue which is if you don't have protections 
how can you force like how can you <clears throat> toss aside your employee dana in this case because mm. she wouldn't bring up the domestic violence with russell yeah which then put taylor in a really precarious position with her daughter so you know i'm sure you know i have a feeling taylor would have found help like with her friend group and i'm just curious like having that all on tv i mean taylor says it was a healing journey but also mm -hmm. there's a man who committed suicide mm. you know and did that have to all play out on tv i mean yeah i had no idea that dana was asked to do that i had no idea mm -hmm. that was was part of it i mean the whole medium is so tricky um i remember doing a reality uh like just just a just a special situation or whatever on the tlc network and i mean on a very lighter scale i i do think shows and this is not speaking for you know any network or production but like shows are always going to push for for certain things and mm -hmm. where it gets tricky like um and again very light in comparison to some of the stuff we're talking about but i remember being like very boundary driven when i uh had recorded a, a certain little thing and i i do kind of say like oh man if i would have been more easy breezy i probably would have got a second episode because there was there was a a lure for like a special or something like that but i got one episode and but i'm like no like there's certain things that i just don't get down with so i can understand like you know the network doesn't have to bring you on at all they don't have to continue with you unless it's in a contract um but then when you have boundaries you won't really get you know i don't know the shiny carrot goes away so to speak so well this um, is why they have producers who have storyboards and mapping mm -hmm. out every narrative and that's why maybe yeah, that's and i think that's why they don't want cast members to do a lot of analyses in real time because even with like teddy not being currently a housewife i feel mm. like teddy really shows the behind the scenes mm. and then the audience is like wait these women when they're on uh full display and the camera's going they're putting yeah um an extra emphasis and airing things that they would never talk about but they know that they have to deliver drama right like it's like when Teddy and Tamara say, um, or everyone says, oh, that was a great episode. Like, they really brought the drama. And I mean, they're mm -hmm. acting. Like, that is a thing. These housewives are acting yeah. at the end of the day. They're in a soap opera. Like, this is not. <laughs> but that that's what reality TV, I think, is. Like, I'm watching House of Villains right now, and that's so scripted. But, yeah. like, that's scripted. Love is Blind has scripted moments. All reality TV has scripted moments. That's just. Yeah. Part of the recipe. I just think, um, you know, if everyone sees them as characters, then they wouldn't care that Brandy Glanville is a hot mess. She's playing a character, but when they think that's actually who she is in everyday life, yeah. And then the network doesn't protect her. Now we're in a real dilemma. Well, that's the other thing too. Like I've been watching old Real Housewives of Miami episodes, season one and season two. I mean, season two was so wonderful. Season one was wonderful because Larsa was on it. I love Larsa. But you know, the beat and the tone, uh, and it's not just in reality or Bravo. Like it was a little lighter. Like they could have shady moments, but they didn't sort of push them off to social media. You know what I mean? Now it's like, like 
okay, here's a great example. I've had my likes and dislikes with her. She's not a bad person by any means, but still likes and dislikes with like a Candace. But Candace will win in this environment. I don't know that Candace would have won in the era of like early Real Housewives of Miami. And what I mean by that is that she can, whatever happens on that show, she can win an audience on her IG live, on social media. She could kind of tweak a situation in her favor. I think that's what made reality so special before uh, is that, you know, what went on the air is sort of what went on the air. I mean, there could be some issues with that too, but the reality is like, it was, it was less, um, per, I don't know what the word would be, you know what I mean? But it was, yeah, yeah. Um, that, and then like just the acknowledgement of social media, like I, I wish we, I mean, it's just reality TV, so let's not get too excited, but I wish we lived in a space where like, networks did their shows and i mean this for scripted too you do your show and yeah you offer the audience what do you think but i feel like shows just like really started catering to like what tweets well what will go viral it's like we, we're starting to sacrifice the integrity of all shows you know scripted shows as well game shows as well reality shows well, as well talk shows and too and don't you think like even though people see slate as a villain or like um, I don't know, some of the men um, just being so messy, which they are as well. Mm -hmm. um, and this will be a transition into Queer as Folk. And I'll do my official introduction of you, but this is like a free <laughs> show, Ronnie. Um, is they were being more authentic and they weren't putting up a facade. So like when I see a Dorit moment recently where she's like mocking Erica, I think we're all fawning over it because that's the Dorit I remember when she first entered and said to Lisa Rinna, I can smell your breath. You're standing too close to me. Mm. Like that was Dorit unfiltered. But then I feel in Beverly Hills, the facade just kept, the wall kept going up and up. And like, it was hard to actually know who Dorit was. Mm. But like now she's probably being encouraged by producers to be more honest. Mm. And again, I think, um, I don't think it's just social media. I think they're trying to be um, their character. And I see this a lot with someone I really enjoy in her uh, podcast interviews, like when she's actually in an extended conversation, which is Lisa Barlow. I feel like Lisa oh, yeah. Barlow is so enjoyable when she's not with the women, but when she's by herself and talking about who she is. But when she's with the women, I feel like she's trying to be Lisa Barlow. <laughs> oh, like no. she's trying to like say her catchphrases mm -hmm. and, you know, have her Slurpees and Diet Coke or Pepsi. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Some of them play up the shtick. I do, but I don't I, I don't want to disagree with you just like so so bluntly. I don't think Lisa Barlow is. I, I believe there are so many of them that do that. I watch a lot of Drag Race and Drag Race at the beginning versus Drag Race now. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, you see the play so easily. It's like it's just like let's let's create a great show, create great moments. And from those moments, then we will have a viral or merch um, opportunities. Um, but yeah, housewives do it too. I honestly don't think Lisa does it. There is a, a, a tricky thing with the people that are so brand, uh, intensive in terms of their work. And like Lisa is that they just do this with their eyes closed. Like Kenya Moore, you could, you could never say Kenya Moore is fake. I mean, you could try 
and yes, she did Kenya Moore hair care at Marlo's event, but some people just like got it, like in terms of how they've, you know, like for Kenya Moore, she's been in the business for a long time. She knows, well, while the camera's rolling, let's make something happen. I'm big. I've got big energy. Let's do something that creates a moment. Like some people just create moments and some people are marketing gurus way before they ever join the TV show. I mean, I have been in radio since 2002. So whenever cameras are on me, I mean, I just so happen to be really good at it. You know what I mean? And so the one thing that people got to understand, I think, I don't know, I would never necessarily know what reality looks like now but like i remember doing fuse tv in 2005 and we had a couple reality tv portions and some of the portions were um i never really got affected in, in, in a bad way because i always showed up i always gave so much material so nothing never needed to be really created the only thing that was really created was they had um one of the cast members who ended up winning but he was a friend of mine he was replying to the haters online and oh. then they would they cut like a constructive criticism comments that we had all said that wasn't about him. Then they took his comment that wasn't about us. And then they took a shot where we were all walking and like each person was alienated in terms of the, the filming process. But then they ran that B-roll shot of him being alienated. And I was like, well, that didn't really even happen. Or there was a time a guy really was pretty nasty to this one girl that we all liked and so i'm replying to him like oh he don't stop talking this this and this but i'm replying off the basis of a thing <laughs> if you don't see that thing you're like dang what a dick <laughs> yeah well and the one where they really aired all of um like placing segments in moments that didn't actually happen chronologically is dance moms like that mm. really like they would use sound bites for moments that yeah. totally wasn't in that context. Or even they had pickups. Like I keep hearing those yeah. who were in the show say they had to do a lot of pickups and record lines mm -hmm. after the cameras went down and just like record audio that then would be placed in segments. And yeah. I don't know. I will say, I, I think the Real Housewives confessionals are fed a lot. Like, I don't think they're actually saying those lines all the time. I think they're really mm -hmm. getting direction. Um, but I also think we what we find entertaining is exactly what's produced. Like and the music entertaining. Like, yeah. can you imagine when you're in the scene actually recording how much of it is stale without the sounds? Like you're just oh. having a conversation. Yes. And yeah. They probably don't even know what's gonna be picked up. That's one of the things I feel like I spot real easily, and especially when you watch it on interview, you're like, oh my gosh, they were favored in terms of, not favored like special treatment, but they were favored in terms of the way the edit, you know, the way the the instrumental like kicked out at the certain moment, and then the scene hit right here, like, because you could see when they're in a unedited space, just how, how uncaptivating they are, you know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's a challenging thing. Reality TV just keeps moving. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Um, I think it should be light and fun. And I think that New York new era has done it right. You know, yes. it didn't need to be, I mean, yes. Was it as good as these wonderful Dorinda Luann? Uh, you can't call me Luann. You got to count, call me the countess. 
I don't know that we got there, but we got enough. And I don't think that what I always say on my show, <laughs> compelling is compelling is compelling is compelling. Like period point blank. The stunt casting is not necessary. I mean this with like television, film, mm -hmm. Broadway stunt casting will always be, but it's not necessary. Compelling is compelling is compelling is compelling. That is why Kenya Moore is a superstar. That is why Larsa Pippen's a superstar. That is why Giselle Bryant's a superstar. And this might be controversial, but you know, I know the truth. Melissa Gorga is always a superstar. You just need to have interesting people. Um, and when you don't, that's when maybe the shows go in a different direction. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What do I know? You know? No, I, I agree with you. I think that um, I would say I have certain feelings about Melissa Gorga. I mean, I like Melissa Gorga, but now I'm starting to kind of turn away from her mm. just because okay, I'm, show's finding, over. <laughs> I'm finding the performance a little... He's very into her image and it is getting a little tiring, but I uh, she's in my she's she's in like my top top five, like for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like Melissa. she I feel like she doesn't go hardcore speaking up for herself that I would like. And I think she really was riding Margaret's coattails. And I hope that this new season she gets away from Margaret's direction. Um, which that's I think there could be a chance. That's an interesting um, take. Yeah, yeah. Like, but again, I also wasn't a huge Teresa fan. I don't know. Jersey for me is its own. I like Teresa now more just because of her podcasts. Again, I think once you start to show more aspects of your psychology, it's just a more refreshing yeah take. And it's kind of why. You know, Melissa, I do like her podcast. And when she, I like when she does interviews. I have to say, when she has her husband, when Joe's on all the time, I kind of tune out because <laughs> it just seems very um, forced in the humor. But, okay. So I think, though, with the Housewives, I will, like, one of my final points, which definitely I think is happening right now, and I agree with you, I think the format... They don't really know where to go necessarily, and that's okay. But I do love that some of the housewives are ending up on the traders. I thought the traders was a great oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it you, way better than any what, current housewives show. What do you think Sorry. of just since we're talking about reality? What do you think of Kyle Cook? Oh, he's in Summer House, right? Yeah, I think he's Winter instrumental house. in sort of. Well, well, yeah, Winter House too. Uh, uh -huh. I think he's sort of instrumental in creating Summer House, and he was on Trader season one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I think Kyle is underrated AF. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also Kyle's feel amazing. like I also feel like Bravo's sleeping on their male talent. Like that's my opinion. Mm. I think I think they treat the women as the gossipers and like the yeah. starters of drama, where like the men are as much gossipers. On Vanderpump Rules, like Jax, I think of Jax. Oh, he right. really... and Southern Charm, yes, yeah, yeah. But that's why I don't get why Bravo hasn't done a gay reality show. Like, why have they not done like the bro, like bros, or like just There's probably to a reason. Andy's never mentioned it. I feel like he that question has had to come up. I mean, the contrast to that on Logo was the A list, which actually the two New York seasons I thought was pretty good. I didn't have an issue with it. Um. And I don't know, maybe they have to work it in where it's like one like house husband and other housewives. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, and I also think here, here's what I think. If they ever did a show like that, the best bet is to do like something in the vein, like take it to New York City, make it like career. So it's like very much a queer and gay male show. And, and it could be open even, even further to that. But like, don't make it on the basis of that. Make it on the basis of like, you know, the inner workings of everyone's like aspirations, whether you're an investment baker, whether you're an exactly. art collector or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think they've ever, they tried that Fire Island reality show, but it was all in the same house. Like, I really do think, I agree with you. Like, I want a queer as folk type reality show. Like, yeah. I want to know the men, like the male, um, what you said, aspirations, yeah. their passions. Um, and I think that Bravo is like had, they kind of were going in that direction. I thought with, um, I mean, below deck sometimes has mm -hmm. gay cast members. I'm kind of surprised they've never <laughs> done. Like I'm surprised they never bring in like gay men into Vander pump rules like i think they're really missing out on the mm. cast member there jesse jesse montana was probably the only one ever to really get a little bit of shine he joined i believe the season with like faith lala and james i believe mm -hmm. and he's always still around but like never his own his own thing and there's always guys that are around ariana or lala but like never in the focal which is really kind of a bit disappointing specifically the neighborhood itself you know well, yeah, we're in West Hollywood there. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's our real housewives. We're going to go into queer spoke, <laughs> but thank you for entertaining me, uh, Ronnie there. Mm. And if you're listening to this, um, I'm putting this out before Ronnie joins me with, uh, episode eight of queer as folk. So, you know, listen to that, but everyone can follow randomly Ronnie Jr. .com mm -hmm. and your YouTube channel. And your podcast, Randomly Ronnie Jr. Your branding's easy, Ronnie. 